the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Hey, what's going on, Facebook, um, Facebook Live, and also uh, our listeners, KSLR, AM630, and catching the podcast later. But if you're watching the video right now, I've got Billy Jouse. And Billy, I'm so glad after after talking about how to pronounce your name, uh, the one thing I feared is like I just heard it pronounced wrong, and I'm going to say it wrong. But I, I got you, Billy Jouse. We have been chatting and having a great time already. I'm really excited about her book. This book is Distraction Detox, and it is uh, really good, very powerful, and really easy to get a hold of. You can get it today, right now on Amazon. And shoot, um, I'll buy an extra copy myself and get it to you if you don't if you don't have it. If you just want to mark in the comments and just say, "Hey, I want that free copy." Go ahead. I'm going to get one person a copy of this book because I, I believe in it. I think it's really going to help you and make a difference in your life. And I'm excited just to get to know Billy Jouse as well. So, Billy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for making the time. And um, I do want to talk all about distraction detox and releasing emotional barriers, restructuring priorities, realizing God's best. But I want to start, if you don't mind, just telling us a little bit about your your big le- big league life, your ma- major league yeah. baseball life. Um, you are a baseball yeah. family, so just tell us a little bit about that, and then we'll get into all the practical um, things that are going to really help people in their thought life and everything they're dealing with. Yeah, it's funny. People often ask me, "Well, who are you?" And who my first you? thought is, "I'm a baseball wife." Like, yeah. Our life is pretty much overwhelming with baseball. I've been married to my husband, Dave, for 33 and a half years. Oh, well, 33 years and four months, not a half yet. Sound like a little kid, a half birthday. But (laughs) we've been married over 33 years. This is his 36th season in professional baseball. Wow. Um, I met him as a college coach. He was a college coach and got into pro ball, and everybody's like, well, you knew what you were getting into. Oh, no, ma'am, I did not. (laughs) It was not. It was much different than I thought, and um, but it, it, God has blessed us so much so that we truly look at baseball as our mission field. Mm. You know, my whole life I prayed to go into the mission field where there were little children that were, you know, hungry and no yeah. shoes and needing Jesus, and I could go in and feed them food and feed them Jesus and give them shoes. Don't ask me where that came from, but that's just what I always <laughs> was praying about. And yeah. then the Lord said, no, ma'am, you're going to go into professional baseball, and you're wow. going to be, you know, preaching the Word of God to these ladies, and more so just mentoring them and living life with them and loving on them. And players, too, you know, I'm a pretty challenging person, so I challenge guys you all the do. time with their faith, with their life decisions, with all of that. And then, you know, the Lord blessed us with three boys, and 
my boys were pretty well-rounded in high school and middle school. They, they played all sorts of sports, and we've lived in 15 different cities and towns in the U.S., Dominican wow. Republic, Venezuela. Wow. I just thought with all of that, they would find some interest like they did in high school where they were singing in an a cappella group or dancing on the stage in a musical. But no, <laughs> all three of them chose to go into baseball. <laughs> so I'm never getting out of this game. You are is, not. I guess exciting on one hand and sort of like really on another. That's... So they all three work in baseball, two in professional baseball and one in college baseball. That is pretty amazing to me. All right, just a quick couple of parenthetical questions. One is going to okay. sound so random. What is your anniversary date? I'm just curious. New Year's Eve, because it's the only day of the year other than Christmas Day and New Year's Day that no baseball is played. Oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. In the world. In the world. So I That is hilarious. Number one, yeah, no baseball is played on that day. And number two... I am absolutely horrible with remembering dates. So I actually told you the wrong birthday of my son who's turning 30 this summer. I said, August. No, that's the other kid. Um, I'm terrible with dates. So I'm like, if it's New Year's Eve, then maybe I'll remember it. You got a shot. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay. All right. That was parenthetical also because my wife and I have been married 33 years and change. And we were, uh, we were, our wedding was on December 21. Um, oh, wow. So yeah, there was a baseball game on that day. So I there was a baseball that game on that day. <laughs> that is pretty crazy. Okay. And uh, my other two baseball questions before we just get into the book. And, well, the third question can kind of take us into the book. But um, is one, how do you challenge baseball players? What does that look like for you, Billy? I know you told me off air you're pretty out there, so you're pretty bold or very bold, as we say yeah. around here. So what's that look like? How do you, I mean, you know, don't name names or whatever, but what does that look like? So, you know, I think my biggest thing is challenging them to be better men than they are players. And mm. my husband, that's like one of his things in the clubhouse, that he always wants to Help the the guy, you know, we call them boys these days. When we right. started in baseball, I was the age of the baseball wives and players. Yeah. We've grown 35, 36 years, and they've stayed the same age group. Yeah. So they went, yeah. You know, when I was 22 to 24, I was in, you know, 22 to 32, I was in their age group. Now I'm in my 50s, and there's all players and wives are still in their 20s and 30s. Right. But the way that I challenge them is to be better human beings. You know, Dave and I are really involved in Compassion International, and and I challenge them, hey, maybe it's not compassion that the Lord's gotten you to, but God has given you this platform and Mm. this financial ability to be able to make an impact on the kingdom, and where are you going to do that? You know, that's that kingdom thing. And then one of the ways I challenge the players, which I rarely share this, but a lot of players ask the that are a little self-focused. They are down <laughs> on the way they played. They are yeah. upset that they didn't get a hit or that they fumbled a play or whatever it is. Yeah. And when they walk out of the clubhouse, because I stand outside the clubhouse at 90% of, our, of the teams we've been with, yeah. I stand outside the clubhouse, and when I see them walking out, if they've got their heads down, I just open up my arms and go, come here. And they look at me like I've lost my mind, and I make them hug me. <laughs> this, I you love know, it. And in their highest moments, too. Like, I want to give them a hug and say, yeah. good job. I'm excited that you had a good game. 
But in the most of those downtimes when, you know, when the fans are booing them or they're getting Crazy. the death threats on social media, I want to give them a hug. I want them to know that they're not alone and that we're there with them. And, you know, I've never had a player turn me down for a hug. I've had, you know, one guy a few years ago, I was like, dude, you're going to get whiplash every time I ask you for a hug, <laughs> whip your neck around and roll your eyes. I'm like, you know, you're going to get whiplash. You're not going to be able to play. And he just started laughing at me. So, yeah, I try to keep them on a humble level. <laughs> well, that's re- that's really great. And I I get to work with a small group of professional athletes and their lives I mean, it's hard for me to imagine because I certainly did not have the skills or ability uh, to play sports at a high level. But just with so many fans and so uh, just the aspect of your worth being just naturally tied into, did you get a hit today? Um, Did you, you know, just it's it's kind of just a wild world. So I'm so glad that you and Dave are there to make a difference for these men, but also for their wives. So that's kind of part two of question is what does that look like for the wives that you get to work with? Yeah. You know, one of people ask me, Oh, you mentor baseball wives. And I don't look at it as mentoring in a sense. I mean, yeah, if there's a word for it, I guess it's mentoring, but it's just loving on them, yeah. loving them, yeah. you know, helping them do the day to day. You know, I've taken girls to the hospital that are in labor. I've cleaned wow. up, you know, hotel rooms when kids get sick and mom is at her wit's end. I've mm. held crying babies while mom takes one to the bathroom. I've traveled with girls. It was funny last year yeah. with the Mets. We The wives traveled a lot together. And one of the girls wow. had a, a toddler and she was a, a year, maybe not even a year, a little over a year, right around that. And one time we were going from East Coast to West Coast, New York to L.A., and we just kept like trading babies and it wasn't just that one baby, but that's, that's the one I tended to hold the most in that flight. And one of the flight attendants comes up and she goes, can you please explain to me that, is this a multicultural family <laughs> or how are you connected? Because I've got people 20 rows back that have this child or you've taken their child. And right. I just don't understand. And I'm like, we are a family. We're a baseball family. And this is what we do uh. is we're here to, help mom not have to carry a baby to the, you know, airplane bathroom to use the bathroom Mm. or, you know, Mm. or to travel alone and get to new cities and have to take a taxi alone. Or, you know, that's where I feel like I I stand in that gap. And not all of these girls are believers. You know, there are many of them that are not. So, you know, I step into the lives and just say, hey, I'm here. You know, before Mm. I was appear, like I said, age-wise, now I'm in the grandma group, you know, I'm like, yeah. I'll be grandma while your mom's not here, you know, and, <laughs> and take that spot. But then we also do, we have this great organization called Baseball Chapel, mm-hmm. and Baseball Chapel comes in and serves us in a way that gives, you know, a Sunday service to the guys, Bible study during the week, and the wives also have a Bible study together. So that's another place that I've been able to stand in the gap for that baseball chapel leader that might not make it or to support her in that and not just have Bible study with the girls, but really those come to Jesus moments in the stands, too, that we can sit and talk at a deep Mm. level while, you know, some baseball games going on on the field. That happens. That that can happen in a stadium like during a game. Oh, yeah. We've even, it's funny because with one team a few years ago, 
We had one wife that would bring her Bible and just ask questions. And there was a group of about five to seven of us that just sat there and walked through questions in the Bible in the middle of a state, a big league stadium. And we actually had this lady in front of us one night go, can you guys shut up and watch the (laughs) baseball game? And we're like, sure, honey, if you don't want to hear about Jesus, sorry. (laughs) But yeah, so we do. We do it in the baseball stadium. We really do. Wow, that's great. All right. One one last baseball question before I pivot with uh, the book Distraction Detox. And that is, um, so I got to watch just on YouTube. I don't think I watched the Home Run Derby um, live (laughs) last year. But pretty cool to see um, your husband out there on the mound um, serving up. Man, he can throw some BP uh, because, (laughs) I mean, he puts it right there. And uh, last year, New York met uh, Pete Alfonso. Is that right? Alonzo. Alonzo, yes, excuse Alonzo. me. Alonzo, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, just cranking him out of the yard. and uh, But your husband, man, just grooving him right there for him. That's pretty yeah, fun. What, what an experience. David actually threw in the Home Run Derby in 1999. He oh. threw to Nomar Garcia Parra because we oh. were in the Red Sox. Oh, and okay. then he had B.J. Serhoff and wow. – Somebody else, I think he threw too. Um, and but back then, people it wasn't as big a deal as it is now. And yeah. people didn't bring their own BP guy. Oh but, yeah. You know, you said earlier that you didn't have the talent to play at a higher level. That's My true. husband says all the time the only reason he's a coach is because he had absolutely no talent to play after college. Mm. So <laughs> that's why he's a coach. And then he'll tell you. The only reason I've been in the big leagues for 18 years Mm. out of the 35, 36 that I've been in professional baseball is because I can throw BP. He has a rubber arm. His he's 65 years old now. Wow. And he just threw yesterday to Juan Soto and and Nelson Cruz with the Nationals because he's with the Nationals now. Wow. So that's just a talent he has that is incredible. So the home run derby last year, yeah. so much fun. Three of our boys, all three of our boys were there, uh, um, and we were able to just enjoy the moment. I thought I was going to die because I thought I was going to have to throw up every pitch, you know, because <laughs> right. the pressure was killing me. Right. But David really just got in a groove, and Pete was in a groove, and yeah. my youngest son and I were in the family section, and they figured out that my husband was throwing to Pete during that first crazy round. So they started rooting for my husband, and all of a sudden, oh. one of the dads that was sitting beside me hit me on the arm. He's like, is this your husband's favorite song? Because it was a TV timeout kind of thing. And and I go, I don't know. Why? He goes, he's dancing. Well, let me just tell you, my <laughs> husband doesn't dance. Like, <laughs> he and Pete just got into such a groove. Yeah. That they were just, wow. they were killing it. Yeah. And then after, my my sons went to my husband and like, Dad, Dad, you, you were trending on Twitter. And he's like, <sighs> what does that mean? Like, what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. So it was fun to wow. see all the articles coming out saying 64-year-old Dave Jouse, you know? Yeah. And, the kids and I would send it to each other with the hashtag stud because you gotta be pretty <laughs> studly at 64 years old to throw Seriously. that in like that. Yeah. So and it man, was a lot of fun. A man, of he, fun. he just put it right there every time. That, that was, that was amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's a good transition into the book just because there is a story and you just mentioned that, you know, he didn't play beyond college, didn't no. play professionally or big league. And there's a story in the book, um, there 
where I feel like it's a major league baseball, maybe a wife or whatever, who kind of like gets sort of snotty about that and kind of challenges you or something. Do you remember that story? I remember that story all too well. Oh, it's happened shoot. more than once, but I oh. remember the one in the in the book because I the Lord just asked me to love on her, and I don't know how I kept loving on her except for replacing her words with God's truth and saying, you know yeah. what, this is bigger than I am. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she she just took it upon herself. She was a former major league player's wife okay. turned coach's wife, okay. and. She was just really didn't feel it was fair that my Ah. husband could be a major league baseball coach without being a major league player. Yeah. And she just was determined to make sure that I knew that and also to put me in my place in a sense. Wow. You know, and, and. It's no different than my ninth grade high school English teacher Mm. that put me in my place that I didn't, I wasn't smart enough to, to understand, you know, the, what the author was talking about in a book. And so therefore put me on a long term path that I couldn't read well and I'd never write well. Unbelievable, right? Yeah. So isn't it things that people will say and like, Mm. This baseball wife, her words, there were a lot of words that she spoke that were very negative. But my high school teacher only had about 10 to 15 words that she spoke over me that I held on to for 30 years. Wow. And so in that instance of that baseball wife, it's like, no, I'm not going to allow your words to control Mm. my life and what I know the Lord is putting us here for. You know, Dave and I always say it's such an honor to be in baseball at all. Because yeah. we truly believe baseball is our mission field. Yes. We have been called to this. And people are like, yeah, it's easy to be called to a mission field like this. No, honey, <laughs> no. it's not. I would rather be in a third world country yeah. with, I, I say this all the time, with kids that need Jesus and food and want to feed them with both than I had to be, yeah. you know, with some yeah. baseball wives that are not believers that are making $20 million a year at 25 to 28 years old, their right. husbands are making. And that's a difficult place because a lot of people think when they're successful, they don't need Jesus. But that's really the time that you need Jesus in your life. So being able to overcome that negativity, those negative thoughts that maybe I don't belong, maybe I shouldn't be here, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, maybe I'm reading this wrong from the Lord, maybe this isn't where God wants me. I was able to take those those thoughts captive and really feel the feel of them because we've got to experience what that sadness or that Mm. hurt and pain is, but not get stuck there Mm. to actually go to God's word and say, Lord, what is it that you have for me that is better than this negative feeling that I'm having, this sadness, this anger, you know, this unforgiveness, this unbelief that you could have me here and actually turn it into something that God desires which is, you know, where, ta- where that takes us to really restructuring our priorities. What's important? Yeah. Those negative words are not important at all. If they're from a human, from the enemy, created stories in our own mind. Right. It's really realizing God's best in where he has us and when he has us there by replacing that negativity with the truth that we know he has for us and stepping out to the place that he's calling us. Yeah, give me and man, you just said so much. So I just felt like I had twelve questions Sorry. in my head. No, no, no. I mean, it was so good. 
Um, it was that, yeah, it was really beautiful. And the, the book is beautiful too. Um, so I have to sort through these 12 questions cause it's like, Oh, that's good. What about, and, and one, <laughs> one thought I have, and I, I want to talk real quickly about that English teacher, just because the scripture that just popped in my mind and has been recently is just how Jesus says, you know, we're going to be held accountable for every careless word we say. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I I don't remember, was the English teacher story in the book and I just missed it or? No. Okay. No, she can't. Honestly, I'll be very honest. I did not remember that story oh. until after I had written the book. Oh. And, you know, people were asking me questions about what do you think certain things are? And I'm like, holy cow. Like, I almost, I, I didn't want to write books when God was calling me to write books. I kept saying, oh, I'm from North Carolina. We don't even speak English there. How can I write English? <laughs> you know, I'm from, like, country, North Carolina, <laughs> eastern North Carolina on a farm. Yeah. And so, you know, there were all these things, and I'm like, why do I think I can't do this? And only in this process of this book that I had written did I start delving into that and thinking, where did this come from? Mm. Like, where do these negative thoughts come from? And that's what took me back to that very short experience with that ninth grade teacher that the day she said it, I walked out of there and said to myself, I will never read another book because I can't understand it well enough. And I did not wow. read another book. And I'm not textbooks. I'd read. I was in nursing school and college and did very well in college. Wow. But I did not read a book, a fiction book, yeah. until I was in my 30s. Oh, my Living gosh. in Venezuela, and we didn't have access. I mean, back then, I'm talking 100 years ago when the dinosaurs still roamed the earth. There was no <laughs> Internet. There was right. no cell phone. There was no real deeper connection. We had a TV that had three channels, and right. two of them were in Spanish. and. One was a movie network that had pure country playing on it over and over and over <laughs> again. Yeah. So I found a little bookstore, wow. picked up some books in English, and started reading because the the little gift shop owner challenged me to read a book, and wow. I did. And that started wow. a love of reading, but I never talked about it because I wasn't smart enough to talk oh about my it. Gosh. So this only came up in this working through this book and and being asked questions about it. Wow. So the the power of words, I mean, that we have mm -hmm. as humans to share with one another, I mean, that shaped your life for a while. But then the power of God's truth um, to Amen. overcome that, I mean, it would have been beautiful if God was able to overcome that. I mean, he's able, but, you know, instantly, but um, I mean, through your life, then God to still redeem that. Tell us about how you do take, I mean, there's still negative thoughts. There's still negative people. Um, what kind of thoughts do you deal with and how do you replace those thoughts with God's truth? Give us a, an example from your own life. Yeah. You know, I want to, when I, at one point during researching the book, just, I'm going to back up a second. Yeah. When yeah, I yeah. started thinking about my thoughts, because this book did not happen because I thought, oh, I need to write a book. Yeah. And my first book, same thing, making room, doing less so God could do more. I mm. was going through a life experience that fell into a book. I was going through a life experience with distraction detox that fell into a book because I couldn't hold back what the Lord had done mm. to transform my life mm. and my thought life. So when I started this process for myself, and I'm a process-oriented person. I was an ICU nurse. I'm pretty analytical. Like yeah. A plus B equals C. I like order, you know, that yeah. type of thing. 
I like making notes. I started making a list of the thoughts that I was having that were keeping me stuck mm. in the doubt and discouragement that I was experiencing. Yes. Because in making room, I got rid of all those excessive external distractions okay. and I was still troubled. I was still discouraged. I was still doubtful. Mm. And so I knew it was coming from my thought life, made a list. When I started doing research and just saying, who else is struggling like this? The three categories that came up yeah. were um, fear, uh-huh. shame, and guilt. That's one because we can't have, we don't have shame without guilt. We don't have guilt without shame. Mm. And then the third one was unbelief. Mm. And the one that I struggle with the more yeah. most is fear. Mm. And it's not always fear of things. It may be the fear of success. Yeah, God's going to give me too much and I can't handle it. Mm. The fear of failure. I'm going to fail God in what he's asking me to do. Mm. The fear of judgment. That's one of my biggest, biggest is unfair judgment, that people judge me unfairly what when is... they don't know me. That's a, another baseball okay. thing, too. You know, people judge you because they think you have this big, you know, incredible life. How do you struggle? Yeah. You know, that type of thing. So fear has been probably my biggest one. And so when I was going through this process and I really looked at fear and I made a list of all those fears that I was having and I took an inventory of what I thought throughout the day, I was really shocked to find out that I am my biggest bully. Uh, No matter what that that baseball wife said to me or what that English teacher said to me, I'm my biggest bully because I'm the one that that continues to carry those stories, that create those stories to to form these beliefs mm. so strongly in my spirit that they block out what God desires to do in and through me. And that's what I call emotional toxins. Yeah. And those emotional toxins, if we keep those inside of us, it creates a spiritual jet lag. Oh, we yes. get bogged down. We yeah. get foggy. We get, you know, just stuck in this quagmire. Yeah. And then in that, making that list and naming those, putting names on those those thoughts I was having, I went through that that process of just examining them, looking at them. How did it make me feel? Where did they come from? A lot of times it was just my own head. Sure. And, you know, really feeling the feels of that. Yeah. But not getting stuck there, like I said before, and moving into terminating them. And the only way mm. we can terminate them is with God's truth. The Holy Spirit can fill us with God's truth if we meditate on it. Mm. You know, I wish this was a one and done book that we could read and be cured and healed and Jesus comes and just we're walking in that complete peace and, yeah. and freedom that he's given us. But those thoughts come back. Yes. And we have to create that habit yeah. of taking them captive, feeling it, and then terminating it with the truth. And so that's where in that fear, you know, because fear really kills more dreams and more of what God can do in our lives than failure will ever. However, that fear creates the failure of not stepping out where God's calling us to. So the scripture that I have actually right here on my wall, you know, is 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, Mm -hmm. but of power, love, and self-control. We are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. God's love is so overwhelming to us that he fills us with that freedom and peace that he so desires us to walk in. But we have to have self-control in that, mm. and that self-control is taking those thoughts captive and replacing it with the truth that God has given us. 
man, that is so good. (laughs) Everything you say is really good. And again, it's like all these different questions wrap in my mind and then three of them are gone and one of them is left. Let me, um, let me ask you to go back. And then I, I, you know, that scripture that you just shared, Second Timothy 1, 7, is, yeah. is such a great one to have uh, memorized and to put before us as much as possible. I have a question mm-hmm. about you, though, just when you said um, judgment, that fear, mm. uh, judgment, can you, do you mind sharing what that looks like in your own life? Yeah, you know, I think one of the biggest things is that unfair judgment that People put on you. And let me. I'm trying to think of a uh, an incident of, you know, sharing a struggle with someone. And yeah. this is this happens to me a lot. And okay. you know that unfair judgment that your husband's a major league baseball coach, therefore you must have twenty million dollars in the bank. Yeah. Well, let me just break that myth that uh, baseball coaches do not make what players make. Right. It is nowhere near. Right. I mean, you have your maybe one or two big league managers right. that may make a, a good sense of money. Now, I'm not degrading what we have made in baseball. God has been so good. And I tell my husband every day, don't let me give it all away because that's my <laughs> heart. I love to give. Yeah. But you know, for people to judge us because of the life that my husband has to believe that we don't have struggles. Mm. You know, I'm a pretty bold, confident person. Mm -hmm. So a lot of unfair judgment is that I don't need support. I don't Uh, need that hug when you walk out uh, of the clubhouse that I don't need someone to speak truth into my life or share what God has given them um, to say to me because I've got it all together And I'll be the first one to tell you, I do not have it all together. Mm. The only reason I can step out every day with the boldness and courageous confidence that I have is because of the Holy Spirit living within me, that Mm. Jesus has given me this, you know, he has given me this confidence. He has given me this boldness and he has given me this strength. Mm. Only by his strength can Mm. I go out and do the things every day that God's called us to do, you know, called me to do. And so in that unfair judgment is that people seem to create a story about other people that is unfair to who they are and where they are. And I think that's one of the reasons that I love to hear people's stories. Yeah, and I'm I'm a questioner. I ninety percent of the time people start a story. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, I have a question, and then they're like, but let me finish my story. I'm like, I know, but I have this question, and you just can't skip over that. But it's because I want to know who they are in the depths of their heart, Mm -hmm. which leads to a lot of very strange and uncomfortable for some people at times airplane rides and Uber drives with me because I will ask questions. I will ask to pray for you no matter what religion you Mm. choose. I, you know, I've had very devout Muslim mm. Uber drivers ask me to pray for them. I've wow. had Orthodox Jewish men on planes ask me to pray for their family. I've, you yeah. know, because I want to hear their story and yeah. share the love, my love of Jesus and what Jesus has done in my life and my testimony, my husband's testimony and, and our, our, you know, our entire crazy life in baseball that we do see it as our mission field. So for people to feel like they know me or they mm. 
don't want to know me or they can't know me or I can't be your friend because your life's so much bigger than mine. Yeah. Let me just tell you, I'm a blue jean t-shirt flip-flop wearing girl in a field of hay just a few days ago watching my <laughs> nephew, you know, bail hay. I'm yeah. just sitting there on the hood of a truck. Yeah. You know, that's who I am. And people, that unfair judgment. Mm. So I walk into situations a lot of times concerned about what people will think of me, not in a sense of, oh, they're not going to think I'm a big league wife or I'm, that I'm not wealthy enough or yeah. whatever. It's more of their 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 judgment of what our life is. Mm. For a long time in writing, I yeah. went to three writers' conferences and never told a soul what my husband did for a living. Yeah, Because the minute I tell someone, they conjure up a story in their head that uh. is different than what and who we really are. So for me, that's one of my biggest struggles that also falls into that. I don't belong. Yeah. I'm so afraid I'm not going to belong in, in the world where Jesus needs me and wants me. And Mm. that comes from that fear of that unfair judgment. Yeah. So it all, isn't it funny how it's like a stack of dominoes or card, a house of cards. Yeah. And you have all these things that you're, you're battling with or you're struggling with but God just wants us to live on the foundation of where that house of cards is being built. If mm. it falls or not, yeah. what mm. is that table that it falls on? That's it's the love good. of Christ. It's the sacrifice he's made. It's the mercy that he's given us. It's that freedom. You know, another scripture that I've been clinging to for quite a while now that was in, it's in the book, but I didn't even realize it was in the book. I forgot it was in the book yeah. until I was doing some research for something and found it. Yeah. But this is really the essence of this book, and it's Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom yes. that Christ has set us free. Yes. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mm. What is your yoke of slavery? Mm. What is holding you back? What is keeping you back? What is keeping you stuck from stepping out wherever it is God's calling you? Mm. Because we're always going to have chaos in the world around us. We, yeah. we saw the chaos in the world around us before the world shut down. Right. Then the world shut down, and I don't know about your calendar, but mine went flat. My yeah. calendar was blank, yeah. and I was stuck at home with my husband, who I had not spent that many hours with in our entire marriage right? because of baseball. Right. But I was also stuck with my own thoughts. Sure. And that was in the process of getting this book contract, and I'm like, Lord Jesus, you are wanting me to walk through this mm. like in a real way, and then— my family had a tragedy in July of 2020, and because of working through this book in my own, you know, working through this on my own before it was a book, working through this, you know, through a book proposal that we have to write to get a book contract, through all of that, I was able to live out God's best mm. while I was going through a tragedy in my family in July of 2020, mm. you know, and yeah. and that was like, Lord, thank you, but I don't want to have to walk this out anymore. And then, of course, other things happen, and you continue to walk out this this practice, this habit of being able to take those thoughts captive, feel them, understand them, but move past them by replacing it with God's truth. Yeah. You have so many practical things in this book, uh, Distraction Detox by Billy Giles. That's who we're talking to if you just joined us. And um, I want to ask, and we'll close in a few minutes here. Um, I'm looking at the clock, and you've been so gracious to hang with us for a long for your afternoon. But I know you have something else coming up soon. Um, I want to ask you just 
can you help us? I feel like sometimes it would be hard to capture those thoughts just to realize what you're talking about, that, that yoke of slavery, those thoughts, those toxic things that are holding us back. Like how can someone that's listening today determine, okay, wow, this is a thought that is toxic to me. Yeah. Can you just give us a little bit more there? Yeah. You know, one of the things that you have to do is you have to pause. Okay. You have to take that sweet pause mm. in your life and just sit down with your own thoughts. And that is terrifying. Yeah, It is terrifying, but you have to create that space in your life and in God's presence of inviting Jesus in and saying, Lord, I need your help with this. Let me hear, let me see what these mm. thoughts are. Mm. And when you pause in that moment very quickly, you will realize at least one to three thoughts, I believe. If, if you're like me, maybe not. My mind is always on go. <laughs> it sure. never stops. Yeah. But you will realize those thoughts that come to you when you just stop and invite Jesus in and say, Lord, show me what it is that I need to see. Let me hear the thoughts that I'm having. And as you create a habit to pause and do that, then you will realize, oh, yeah, I did have that thought. Oh, here it goes again. Here mm. it goes again. Oh, here's a new one. It's just creating a habit of understanding what you're thinking about. Mm. And I'm a, I'm a list maker, I'm a note taker, yeah, yeah. and I think having a, a small notebook, I carry a small notebook with me just to write down some of those thoughts. And I think you'll be really shocked, number one, that you are your biggest bully, but number two, right. how repetitive those thoughts are and mm. how categorical they are, how they fit into these categories that you're like, man, I didn't realize I was doing this to myself. You know, yeah. I didn't realize that I was, you know, falling into this comparison thing with other people mm. because I feel I have a lack of or how anger rages in me when I see or do something because of the of the unforgiveness I have in my heart, you know, and just sitting in those moments with Jesus, first inviting him in, yeah. start to make a list in those moments. And then in your daily walk, everywhere you are, keep a notepad near you, a notebook in your, in your bag, in your back pocket. And, you know, at one time I had a, I had a um, index card in my back pocket with a little pencil, like a golf pencil thing. And yeah. I would just carry yeah. it with me and just take it out and write, just jot down some notes. Yeah, and it became very apparent. It became very. I was became very aware of my thoughts more and more as time mm. went on. Okay. So that now I am in such a habit that when a negative thought comes up, I will literally stop in my steps mm. and just say, "No, not today. This is not the day that this is going to overwhelm me. I'm yeah. going to stop in this thought." I understand where it's coming from because yeah. I've already evaluated it, yeah. and I know it's scripture. And I'm going to be honest; I'm not the best at memorizing scripture. I, I'm not; my memory is not great in memorizing, but I can surely get the gist of it, yeah. and I can surely bring it up as God's word, and I can surely remember. I know it's in the Bible somewhere. You know, right. I can sometimes yeah. remember what book it is. You know, yeah. but in that, I'm like, okay, Lord, that's it, and then I'll just jot it down if I have something to write on so that I can remember it later on and go and research and look and see what that scripture is so that I can put it on a sticky note on my refrigerator, on my, on my mirror, on, for me, I travel so much. I have this notebook. I just have all these stickies then in my, yeah. in my backpack because I carry them with me to go back to and refer to and say, Lord, this is where your truth is going to step into this. This is where I'm going to overcome 
this trouble that I'm having. You know, John fourteen twenty seven. peace I leave with you. Mm. My peace mm. I give mm-hmm. to you, not as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, right. and do not be afraid. And that I say, okay, God has given me this peace. Yeah. And by the way, that was not from memory. That's another one I have stuck on my wall. <laughs> These are the ones I turn to. But, you know, it's where I say, you know what, I may be walking down the street and I'm having this an- anxious feeling or this feeling of, of trouble or yeah. fear or whatever it is. And I'm like, no, God's given me peace. He's yeah. told me that he leaves peace with me. Mm-hmm. I had to choose to hold on to that. Yeah. So I'm going to hold on to that peace beyond all understanding that I don't know why I'm going to feel this peace, right. but I'm going to feel it now because the Holy Spirit has given it to me Yeah, and stand in that. Oh, that is awesome. It's uh, just a side note. You just like quoted or paraphrased from three different scriptures that, <laughs> no, 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 it's great. No, 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 no. These three specifically, um, my daughter, Samantha, that you are wishing a happy 30th birthday. She and yeah. I, we wanted to memorize more scriptures. So we came up with something um, that we are calling, uh, well, it's scripture plus rap. And so it's uh, scrapping or scrap. And so um, we started memorizing during the pandemic, just like kind of large chunks of scripture. But then I went to uh, my wife's brother, uh, Mark, and said, he's a professional music producer. So I said, "Um, hey, we're doing this. Could you put music to it and make it sound good and everything? So we have been doing that. We have not yet published, but you just hit on – um, three different s- scraps that we we have yeah. produced that are not yet out to the world, but Second Timothy one seven um, about the you know he's not giving us a spirit of fear. I'm not yeah. gonna, I'm not yeah. going to scrap right now. So, it, but uh, <laughs> but that is that is a way that we are trying to get God's word in our heart. And the other one you said is peace. We say in ours, peace. I'm leaving with you. My peace yeah. I give to you. And uh, then the uh, the peace that passes all understanding, all those words. And I, I'm now I'm going to s- shift back to you. It's just amazing when you said those. No, I was like, awesome. wow, that's those awesome. are that's really cool. But I'm on page 44 of uh, Distraction Detox, and you've got uh, I love it. You've got a list of deception, uh, lies, you know, versus truths, and yeah. you do have scripture. So I'll just read a couple real quick. Failure versus victory. The deception is I am a failure. I can't do anything right. And right there on page 45, the truth is, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The next one, the deception is I can't. The truth is, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And one, um, unclean versus pure, the deception. Maybe somebody's listening or watching now, and they feel this lie. They hear this lie. That's the story, the narrative that they have been told. The deception is my past is too dirty for me to be called a Christian. I have to be perfect. The truth is, First John 3, 3, all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. I want to read one more and then I'll I'll leave it to you to wrap up this episode just with any thoughts that God is putting on your um your heart right now. But this is page 45. Talk about practical and the stories are in here are great, the writing is great and the concept of um man 
taking captive every thought. That's another scrap that we do, of course, and making an obedient to Christ. Um, This last one I'll read, and these are all great. There's about six that we don't have time to read. And then the book is filled with other just really practical insights for you. Um, This is bound versus free. The deception is I am stuck. So I just want to ask our listeners, do you ever just hear that? Yeah, I mean, not just once, but more. I'm stuck. And what um, Billy's written next is the lie is life will never get any better than this. I'm stuck. Life will never get any better than this. It's not true. And here's the truth from God's word that you quoted earlier is not a scrap yet, but but should be, will be. It yeah. is, you quoted Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Just great stuff, Billy Jouse. Billy Jouse brings the juice, um, <laughs> but that's not how you say your name, Billy Jouse. Uh, just great book, Distraction, Detox, Releasing Emotional Barriers, Restructure Priorities, Realize God's Best. Very practical, going to help you in your life, help you with God's word and overcoming these lies that maybe someone told you back when you were in ninth grade or who, someone who told you when you were four years old. It's a lie, and God wants to replace that with the truth, and he has those truths for you. Great book. So, Billy, um, any just closing thoughts you want to share with us that God's put on your heart? This is great. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank. You. I just really appreciate you, and I appreciate all that you're doing. And I just, if I could encourage one person that's listening to this, that God wants you free. Mm. He wants you free from all those emotional toxins, all those burdens, that yoke of slavery that's holding you mm. back from what it is he desires to do in and through you. Mm. And I just mm. pray for each and every person listening, because I know from a personal experience that you can, even in the most chaotic, yes. traumatic times in your life, you can find that peace and freedom. Yes. Oh, that's good. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot. One last thing. Um, okay. Can, can I, <laughs> okay. Well, I should just <laughs> create some suspense here and just let you think about it. No, I want to ask you if you would mind um, praying for um, just our listeners, our viewers. Do you mind just praying? Yeah. And Not then, at all. Okay. Lord, we just thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, we thank you for every time that we can hear your word, your encouragement, Jesus, yes. feel your Holy Spirit working in our lives. When those words come to us, Lord, that come from the enemy or from others or from our own selves, Lord, I pray that each person listening can figure out a way, can find the way to take that thought captive, whatever works for them, Lord, that they take that thought captive. Mm. They understand where it's coming from and how it makes them feel, but not to get stuck there, Lord, to step out into your truth, replacing those emotional toxins Mm. with your word, your mighty word that stands so strong in our lives, Lord. I pray for each person here that they can find that peace and freedom that you so generously and freely give to us when we choose to step into that place, Lord. I thank you for this time that we've had, and I I thank you for every person listening. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. 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 All right. At the beginning of the show, I did promise if uh, somebody comments and we get a few people commenting wanting this book, I will get you a book. Not for everybody, but uh, uh, whoever gets in there, I'll do whatever. I'll get a drawing or maybe it's just you today that says, I need that book, Distraction Detox. You do. And you know what? If you want it tomorrow, then you go on Amazon today and go ahead and get yeah. Distraction Detox by Billy Jouse. Um, I didn't even mention your website is billyjouse.com. Sorry about that. And also on Instagram, you can find uh, Billy Jouse um, there and on Facebook as well. And, uh, yeah, just just wonderful stuff. I want to ask you just to stay on the line while I close off the show, and then we'll say goodbye off the air if you can hang in there one more minute. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's Billy Jouse. Man, that's awesome. Uh, she is awesome, and I, I shared with her, and I want to share here too. Just um, as I was driving into, into town, and just feeling like God just put on my heart that He is very pleased with her work, and um, I just thought that was really sweet. I mean, wouldn't you be happy to hear just that He's pleased with your work, and Jesus throws in very pleased with your work, and that just that is just something nice to rest in just from the Holy Spirit. And I don't know what he's saying to you um, if it's just that, man, it's for freedom. I've set you free. And if you're still, you're just in the middle of it. I can't overcome it. Yes, you will. You will. You have the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit in you to help you. You have his word. And uh, this book is going to help you. Distraction Detox. Really great stuff. All right. I want to sign off just with our scripture that is the reason we're very bold. And I feel like Billy Jouse, I mean, she's very bold. She's there. She is there. Um, and the reason that we can be very bold in sharing things and saying, you might want to try this, is because of the great hope that we've seen and we've experienced in our own lives. And, uh, man, I'm just so thankful for God's grace each and every day. And I'm so grateful that even though the lies and the narratives can come back and will come back, that the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, we get to do some fighting. We get to do some scrapping. We get to get in there and say, no, not today. I like what uh, Billy said earlier. I wrote it down. I was like, man, that'd be a good chapter. No, honey, it's not, she said. And I love, I love that, of course. No, not today. But she said, no, honey, it's not. It's not what you think it is. But 2 Corinthians 3.12, this is how we sign off. Um, a lot of the scriptures that were shared come from the Apostle Paul, straight from the throne of grace and the throne of Jesus Christ. But uh, Paul said this also, 2 Corinthians 3.12, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.